My name is Dr. Tram Jones, and since 2019, my wife and I have been living in Haiti. This is the story of our life there and the patients we've seen. Every two months, the roads across Haiti's bustling capital, Port-au-Prince, are mysteriously empty. A few straggling trucks and cars zip down the main roads or wind around dirt paths, but the usual impenetrable gridlock is gone. In place of the cars, citizens can be found in clumps walking on the sides of the roads headed to work and school. The familiar whir of generators that provide most of the power in Haiti is absent, and the sounds of dogs barking and roosters crowing grows louder in the consciousness. It is not the apocalypse. This is a regular occurrence in Haiti, as normal as the changes from the rainy season to the dry season. It is another gas shortage. Gas shortages are nothing new in Haiti. At our house in Haiti, we always have gas and diesel reserves. As soon as we moved into our house, our Haitian friends directed us to purchase three large barrels. We filled two with gasoline and one with diesel for our generator. Ever since then, whenever there's a shortage, we simply fill up our car out of our reserves. The clinic also constantly keeps large fuel reserves. This is necessary not just for vehicles, but it's doubly important because electricity is provided almost completely by generators. Every organization in Haiti has a way to store backup petroleum. We have a multitude of barrels filled and ready for the shortages. But even with these precautions, at times the shortfall can be severe to the point that companies must shut down temporarily. Earlier this year, all U.S. citizens in Haiti received a message that the American embassy would no longer be able to service citizens for several days due to a lack of gas for generators. To me, that fact alone, that the embassy of the most powerful nation on earth lacked gas, underscored the gravity of this situation. Perhaps more importantly, hospitals in Haiti need a constant supply of fuel to run their generators. In recent months, hospitals and clinics have shut down because they lacked diesel, which meant they had no electricity. Earlier this year, Port-au-Prince General Hospital, the largest hospital in the country, had to turn off their power despite having patients in the middle of surgery. It's a mess. But the question lingers. Why does Haiti have gas shortages? If there are people willing to pay at the pump, why wouldn't gas be delivered to Haiti? The answer all comes down to economics. Let's delve into that. In essence, all the problems come to subsidies. Now, in the United States, when gas becomes scarce around the world, gas stations simply raise their prices. We've all seen prices that go as low as $1.50 per gallon in good years and over $3.25 per gallon in bad years. It's normal, right? We all expect it. But in Haiti, the government decided to set the price for a gallon of gasoline or diesel. No gasoline can sell for a price that is higher. Currently, that price is right around $2 per gallon of gasoline. Logistically, it looks like this. The government buys the gasoline from a big oil company, let's say ExxonMobil and then turns around and sells it to the gas stations. Let's say they have to pay $3 per gallon to ExxonMobil to deliver gasoline. The government now has the gas. They then sell it to the gas stations for $2. In this scenario, the government loses $1 for every gallon used in Haiti, and they use tax dollars to pay for this. This is called a subsidy. It's very different from the United States. In the U.S., of course, the government doesn't buy any of the gas, Each gas station simply goes to Exxon and pays $3 and then sells the gas for, say, $3.10. The problem comes because the Haitian government collects less taxes per person than any other nation in the hemisphere. And so frequently, 
they do not have the money to pay a company, for example, Exxon in this instance, to deliver gasoline, which means that there is no gas in the country. With every gas shortage, we hear the familiar news that there is an oil tanker sitting in the harbor of Port-au-Prince waiting to unload. They are floating there, waiting for the government to collect enough money to pay them. Getting hard figures on the gas subsidies in Haiti is difficult, maybe even impossible, but here is a brief history. Haiti has long subsidized gasoline and other petroleum products. And why? For politicians, subsidizing gas is the equivalent of circuses and bread in Rome. If you remember from history, Caesar set up gladiatorial games and gave out bread to keep the people happy. In a similar sense, keeping gas prices low helps to prevent the population in Haiti from protesting. And it's not just Haitian politicians who have tried this. Many other countries have attempted gas subsidies in the past. And you might say, so what? Low gas prices are a good thing when people are poor. They can't pay the high prices. And that's true. The problem, though, is that the money, the money lost on every gallon sold, cannot be spent on more important things. For example, what would you prefer? Free education or cheaper gas? Or what about a better police force? Nothing could improve the situation of the average Haitian more than improving security. And yet the Haitian government has chosen gas over more schools and security. The second problem with the subsidy is who profits the most from it. Most of the money ends up benefiting the wealthy, those that have cars and generators. The poor farmers in the countryside may find a small benefit from cheaper rides into the city, but it's only a small plus. One study showed that 93% of the benefits were for the wealthiest 20% in Haiti. By another study, Haiti spent $300 million subsidizing gasoline the last year it was studied. Haiti pays the lowest gas prices in the entire Caribbean. By my calculations, about 15% of the government's income goes to subsidizing gas. And yet, only 5% of the government's income is spent on health. You could triple health spending simply by removing the subsidy. Or think of it another way. 13% of the government's income is spent on education you could more than double public education spending via stopping gas subsidies. And this is the reason that most countries in the world have decided to stop controlling gasoline prices. Even Nigeria, who produces oil, finally phased out their gas subsidy because it was hampering their growth. It should be noted, of course, that Haiti produces no gas. But let's talk about the challenge in getting rid of this law. Cheaper gas is easy to see. After spending a year in Haiti and talking with many average Haitians, I can tell you that essentially no one trusts the government. No one. One of my friends explained this to me. Haitians can see a reduction in the price of gas, but they essentially never see any other benefits from the government. Roads are poor, the police are underpaid, there are little to no social services. And so everyday Haitians have no confidence that if the subsidies are removed, the money will go to help them. They believe, and with good experience, that the money will be embezzled away by their politicians. Haiti finds itself in a catch-22. The Haitian government barely collects any taxes. In 2018, only 70,000 citizens paid income tax. This is not due to widespread tax evasion. Rather, many people are so poor that the government has made little effort to collect taxes on them. The cost of collection is likely more than the money they would receive. Even those that pay taxes have tax rates that are much lower than the United States or other countries. If you talk to the average Haitian, though, they'll tell you that they pay too much in taxes. And they say this because they receive no services at all for their money. Sure, if they lived in the U.S., they would happily pay 30% of their income. They would receive police, fire, roads, schools, social security. But in Haiti, 
they receive nothing. And yet, the government is unable to provide those services because they can't collect in taxes. And so, the Haitian government and people remain in a dance of mutual hatred. In 2018, the government finally bowed to pressure from the international community, eliminated the subsidies, and raised gas prices 40% overnight. Great work, you might say. About time. But no. Even if the benefits poor Haitians receive from the subsidy is small, it's still present. Haitians largely use converted pickup trucks as buses to move around the city, and they pay a small fare. But when the price of fuel goes up, their fare goes up. It may only be 10 cents, but that's a lot of money for many Haitians. The price to transport food to markets rose too. And so guess what happened? Riots throughout Port-au-Prince, cars burned, and at least seven people died. The prime minister resigned, and the subsidy went back in place. The only way that Haiti can move away from gas subsidies is through rigorous public transparency. They cannot raise the price of gas completely in one day. Slowly, they could decrease the subsidy and use the funds saved to build obvious and clearly documented projects, for example, roads. They probably should pay an outside firm to do accounting because if the government does it, the population will assume most of the money is going to corruption. Will Haiti do that? I'm not sure. At the foundation is a profound, profound distrust of the government. Yes, subsidies are what causes shortages. They waste money that could be used to pay for schools or security. But fuel prices are easy to see, like the old gladiatorial matches and bread distributions put on by Roman emperors. So maybe we could just get rid of the games and bread. But if you think that all the money saved will go into the emperor's back pocket anyway, maybe it's best to just enjoy the circus. Thank you for listening. Every Wednesday morning, we publish a new narrative from life here. We are simply telling stories as we have seen them in Haiti. But Haiti is a fascinating country with a rich history, and there are many Haitian voices that can tell the story of Haiti in all its facets, and we encourage you to seek them out. As we made this episode, some names may have been changed to protect confidentiality. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends or give us a rating wherever you find your podcasts. To learn more about the work of Light from Light in Haiti, or to get involved, visit us on the web at lightfromlight.me. Thank you, and God bless.